All right. How many of you, by a show of hands of the handful of people in this room right now, <laughs> how many of you, and online you can do your little hand raise emoji, okay? How many of you played the game telephone growing up? Telephone. Now, did anyone actually like string together cans and like do phone that way and try to talk through it? I had, I think, I think it actually might have been Isaiah when he was really young, probably six. He was like putting these plastic cuffs at the end of strings and trying to talk to people across the house. He's like, mom, it's not working. Why is it not working? I'm like, well, because it's actually just a plastic cup and string. <laughs> it's not actually doing a whole lot. But how many of you played that game on telephone? I loved the game of telephone growing up, but it would get really complicated. And I always loved seeing what it would happen. We just got this uh, game, Telestrations. I don't know if you've ever played that, but there's these little whiteboard notepads and you get a word and you have to draw a picture for that word and then you flip it and the next person just sees the picture not the original word and they have to write a word and then they pass it to the next person they only get the word that was translated from the picture and you keep going around until the pad is filled up and then you have to see how far off it got by the end of it it was hilarious doing it with Zay and my parents over Christmas it was so much fun and sometimes I feel like we make prayer like that. We make it complicated, right? We feel like it has to go through all of these channels. There was someone I was just meeting with, and she said she was talking to this um, older lady about how she just talks to God, and God, she hears from God all the time. And all of a sudden, this older lady was like, wait, you can just talk straight to God? Yes, we can. We can talk straight to God. We don't have to like uh, put together a plastic cup with string to try and talk to God. We don't have to like translate it from a picture to a word to a picture to a word from five different people to get to him. But sometimes we make prayer out to be complicated. Like we have to say certain things to talk to God right, or we have to ask for signs from God to know what he wants us to do. But he wants it to be much simpler than that. He wants it to be just me and him face to face. In two of our songs, we talked about two different ways to look into Jesus's eyes. He said he has fire in his eyes, which represents his passion for us. And it says that he had mercy in his eyes, his compassion, his loving kindness, his mercy on us. He wants it to be simple. He wants us to just be able to look him in the eyes and talk with him. And I went through this once, these, these ways that people try to make prayer complicated. We were, before we had um, our son Isaiah, we were actually meeting with another little boy about the same age at the time. And we had visited with him a couple of times and we had met with the caseworker. And we were uh, praying that God's will would happen in the situation, but we really were hoping to be able to adopt this little boy. And so I went up front at church for prayer, to pray with the prayer team. And... Um, this woman was praying for me and then she just had a heart for me and our family and the situation and this little boy. And so I, I prayed really hard. I prayed really hard that we would get this little boy. And then we got a call and they picked a different family. Uh, they didn't pick us to be his family. And I was heartbroken and I let this lady know because she had become so attached to this whole prayer request and this whole situation. And what she told me was I prayed wrong and that's why we didn't get the little boy. She said, I prayed wrong. I used the phrase, your will be done in my prayers as a cop-out, is what she told me. It didn't matter that Jesus prayed, your will be done, and he taught us to pray, your will be done. She said, I didn't pray it right. I gave God a cop-out. Which, first of all, what's your view of God if you think he's looking for a cop-out to answering your prayers, right? 
But the point is, it's not complicated. There's not a certain hocus pocus magic phrase. It's supposed to just be us talking with God, us sharing our heart, us sharing our lives. And in the Old Testament, many times he would give signs, right, to the people. There's a cloud by day for the Israelites to follow, or there's fire by night for the Israelites to follow, or there would be like a sheepskin that would get dew on it and nothing around it would have dew, or you'd throw another one out and it wouldn't have dew on it and everything around it would. There's all these different signs and he'd say, well, God, if you really mean it, if you really want me to do this, then do this weird, crazy thing and give me a sign. But in the New Testament... Literally the only time they asked for a sign was before they were given the Holy Spirit. And every time after the Holy Spirit came, it says signs followed the believers. The believers no longer followed signs. And you don't see them asking for signs anymore. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then signs and wonders happened. So we need to stop chasing signs. We need to stop making things too complicated. We need to just go to Jesus, go to the Holy Spirit. And the answers and the signs and the wonders will follow us when we follow after Jesus. Prayer is simply how we communicate with God. Nothing more, nothing less. It's simply how we communicate with God. And just like any relationship, communication takes work. Some people are naturals. Some people are not naturals. But we all have to learn and grow. How many of you have ever been in a relationship and it feels like you guys aren't just like not on the same page. You're like not even in the same book. Like you're talking two different languages, but it's like two books in two different languages about something completely different, right? Communication is something we've got to work out. Like, hey, what language is it that you're reading from? Oh, that's not even the same book title. Okay, now what page are we on? Like we got to start way back at the basics and figure it out. And just like in any relationship, our prayer relationship, our communication with God takes work. Some of us are more natural at it. Some of us aren't, but it all takes work. We have to learn and grow, but it's worth it. So today we're talking about the practice of prayer. And in a way, I almost think it's fitting that everyone's at home today for this (laughs) because the practice of prayer is something that we make out to be some big churchy Christian-y deal. And in a way, it is, right? In a way, it's immensely spiritual that we get to communicate and talk to the God of the universe. But he wants it to be simple and intimate and cozy and homey. He wants it to just be your everyday life, cooking meals, picking up your kids, and you're just throwing your thoughts towards him and talking with him throughout the day. And so the practice of prayer is just learning to set aside dedicated time in your day, in your week, to intentionally be with God. And we do this so that we can become more like him and partner with him in this world. When Jesus invites us to pray, to communicate with him, he's inviting us to partner with him in his mission because our prayers make a difference. The ultimate aim isn't to pray more or pray better. The ultimate aim is union with God. And what I mean by union with God, that's what the ancient Christians used to call it, a union with God. It's just being one with God. Think of your closest, best, most trusting relationship, that you would be just that close with God, but times 10, (laughs) times 100. He wants us to be union, one, completely thinking and breathing and experiencing the same thoughts and heart as him. John Mark Comer, a pastor who talks about spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation, says this, the whole reason why we pray 
is to live each day more and more aware of and deeply connected to our Father, God, to be transformed into the likeness of his Son, Jesus, and to be filled with the fullness of his Spirit, to do what he made you to do in the world. I want to read that again. The whole reason why we pray is to live each day all the actions we do, all the thoughts, all the decisions, more and more aware of and deeply connected to our Father, that as we go through the day, we're aware of God's presence in our life. It's what I talked about before. God's presence is already with you. It's are you aware of it? More and more aware of and deeply connected to our Father to be transformed so we become more like Jesus through praying into the likeness of his Son and to be filled with the fullness that full life on the front of our worship guides in here. You've seen it before if you've been here. It says, Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. And we want to be filled with the fullness of the spirit of Jesus to do what he made you to do in the world. We were made on purpose with a purpose. And through prayer, through communication, through relationship with God, we become one with him in order to partner with him to make a difference in this earth. We practice prayer to pursue God, not to check a box or get our way. We practice prayer to pursue God, not to check a box or to get our way. Not to say, oh, I've done my five minutes of prayer today. Do your five minutes of prayer. I want you to. But it's a practice that maybe feels unnatural or forced at the beginning, but with the end goal of being close to God. The end goal isn't to check off the five minutes of prayer. The end goal of doing the five minutes of prayer is to be closer to God. Number one today, the first kind of layer of our relationship with God through prayer is this, talking to God. Seems simple, seems duh, right? <laughs> seems obvious, but talking to God. In Luke 11, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us how to pray. I don't know about you, but I'm really glad that the disciples asked Jesus this because then Jesus gives us a template and I am nothing if I'm not for lists and outlines and templates. Thank you disciples for asking these questions because then Jesus gave us what is called the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father, right? His template for how to pray. And if you haven't thought of it before, it doesn't have to be, it can be just memorizing it and reciting it. I do that often, almost daily. <laughs> But it can be just, these are bullet points on your prayer list. This is how you make up your prayer list. You pray to our Father. How do I have a relationship with my Father who is in heaven? Hallowed be your name, right? Let's, let's praise God. Let's worship God. Let's make his name high. Let's lift him up. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, what areas in my life do I need more of God's kingdom and will? What areas of my life are not experiencing God's kingdom? What is not according to God's will? Okay, there, fill in the prayer points, right? It, he makes it this template of prayer. And it gives us an example of what's called a liturgy or a pre-made prayer and what the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer has become. Other examples of this are like reading the Psalms. The Psalms are prayers of David and other psalmists. They're pre-made prayers or liturgies that give us an example of how to pray. I also have a prayer app called Lectio 365. I have another one called uh, examine something, something else with the examine. And I have another one called Pray First, which is based out of this series and the prayer guides we use. Everything in the prayer guides we use are also on this app called Pray First. All of these things have pre-made prayers and prompts and moments of pause for you to pray your own prayers as well. But these are called liturgies or pre-made prayers. And pre-made prayers are helpful when we're learning how to pray 
when we get to a time of like, we've set aside five minutes of prayer and we're like, but I don't really know what to pray for or I just went through my whole list and I still got 4.5 minutes left, right? Pre-made prayers are helpful for when we're learning how to pray. They're helpful when we're exhausted or sick. There are many times the reminder comes up on my phone and it says, silence and solitude, our Father. And that's my reminder to pray through the Lord's Prayer. And there are some days I'm like, all right, I want your will to be done in my family because of this and this and this. And then I go through all of the things and I'm like, and give us our daily bread. Give me exactly what I need. For, and I'm like praying through these things and I elaborate on them. Then there's other days I'm just like, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There was one time we were about to take uh, Zay to school and I just stopped in the living room. Like this, our father in heaven. I was like, I need to get my prayer in today. And that's all I could do because I was tired. I was in a rush, but I still made room. This is the point today that we still make room, that we still pursue God even when it's hard. It can help us, these pre-made prayers, when we're traveling and find it hard to focus. Many times we take a vacation, we just take a vacation from spirituality, right? We just take a vacation from God. And sometimes having these things can help us. I have a book called The Common Book of Prayer. I think is what it's called. And it has a whole section of lists for or prayers for travelers. And there are many, many people who read out of this book. So when you're praying these prayers for travelers, you're praying with all the other travelers currently traveling who are praying these same prayers, right? And there's this unity with the body. Or it can be helpful when we're living with grief or living with doubt and searching for the right words to talk to God when we don't know how to talk to God the way we need to or the way we should it gives us a template to be able to still connect with him anyway. What I'm saying is there's no excuse not to pray because there's all these templates and these pre-made prayers and these liturgies that help us, that help prompt us, that help get us started, that give us the words to say when we don't feel we have them. Now, something that's important is that we want to start, I want you guys to start a prayer rhythm, right? Think of rhythms. I want you to start, like, it's just the natural ebb and flow of life, that we would make it a habit and that it would be tweaked over time. So this is like your application. Okay, how do I put this together? Start a prayer rhythm. So at this place, at this time, this notification is going to pop up on my phone. This is when I'm going to try to pray. And then make it a habit. So keep doing it. It's going to be hard, uncomfortable. You're going to forget. You're going to mess up. Try to just not go two days in a row without doing it. If you miss a day, fine, no sweat. But try not to go two days because that's when you lose your momentum. Make it a habit and then tweak it over time. Okay, that didn't work. That place wasn't working for me. But notice what does work. So something that's become a prayer rhythm for me is when I'm rocking my baby to sleep. Because I noticed that when I took that time to intentionally direct it to the Lord and give my attention to the Lord rocking my baby to sleep, because it is sometimes the only quiet I get in a day, that... God met me there and he spoke to me because I set aside time to give attention to God instead of playing a phone game or listening to music or whatever while it was going on. And God met me there. And so now it's almost become a rhythm that when I sit and I rock my baby to sleep in the quiet, in the dark, it's just automatic to start giving attention to God. That's what I'm talking about by a prayer rhythm, things that trigger you into prayer. Ronald Rollheiser said this, what clear, simple, and brief rituals provide, so something like sitting down in a rocker with my baby in a dark room and praying, brief rituals provide is precisely prayer that depends upon something beyond our own energy. So it's not a cop-out, what he's saying, it's not a cop-out to pray a pre-made prayer, to have a ritual where I'm praying uh, the Lord's Prayer instead of my own made-up prayer. Because it's showing that 
even when I don't have the energy to pray, I can rely on the word of God or the prayers of the saints who have gone before. I can rely on God in that moment. These rituals carry us our tiredness, our lack of energy, our inattentiveness, our indifference, and even our occasional distaste. They keep us praying even when we are too tired to muster up our own energy. It keeps us plugged in. It keeps us going. Even if it feels like a cop-out, it's not because you're still doing it to pursue God. You don't have to do it, but you're doing it. And so you're doing it to pursue God. So in order to start a prayer rhythm, I want you to take notes if you're not. Whip out your phone, grab your notepad, grab your grocery list, whatever. I want you to take notes. I'm going to give you three questions to ask yourself in order to create a prayer rhythm. So someone who's in the chat, I want you to write these questions down for the people who are still looking for a pin or something, okay, so that they can come back and see it. So to start a prayer rhythm, first question asked is, when will I pray? So you're going to figure out the time. Is it going to be first thing in the morning? Is it going to be after you work out? Is it going to be when you sit in the rocker with your baby? Is it going to be your drive home from work? I know someone who sits in her car before work and takes a few minutes of silence and prayer there and sits in her car in the garage after work before she goes on with the rest of her day going crazy. She's sitting there in the car. That's her moment. So when are you going to do it? As a general rule, give God your best time of day when you're most awake and aware. I don't have that at the moment. I do not have a best time. I keep trying to wake up before the kids and the kids keep waking up earlier. They're beating my alarm. So struggling with that personally, but as a general rule, if not, just pick a time, pick a trigger, pick a moment that's gonna remind you to do that. Next, number two, where will I pray? Where will I pray? For me, in the rocking chair, in the nursery, right? Where will you pray? This is to start a prayer rhythm. This doesn't mean this is the only place you pray, but this starts your prayer rhythm. So for instance, now that I am naturally, it's easier for me to just give my attention and prayers to God when I'm rocking my baby to sleep, it's also become easier for me to do that when I'm alone doing dishes, right? So now I'm practicing prayer and pursuing God through prayer throughout the day, throughout my life, the regular things of life. But it started with a where. So where will I pray? Number three, how should I pray? How should I pray? So I want you to have at least one pre-made prayer on hand. It could be the Lord's Prayer if a lot of us already have that one memorized or it's easy to find and go to. I had it as my screensaver on my phone for a long time reminding me to do that. Um, it could be the serenity prayer. It could be a psalm, one of your favorite psalms, um, even just a verse from the psalm, but a pre-made prayer of some kind. But also, you know, like you could use it as the Lord's Prayer, but it's a template for my prayer list. Whatever it is, how should I pray and start thinking through that? And then number four, the last question to create your prayer rhythm is how long should I pray? How long should I pray? I know a lot of you guys are doing the first 15 that Pastor Kyle talked about a few weeks ago. So that's the first 15 um, minutes of your day. You give five minutes to worship, five minutes to prayer, and five minutes to reading your Bible. You could do something like that. But in general, if we can't give at least 15 minutes a day to God, we're simply too busy. And I know that might sound harsh, but I'm seriously just talking about 15 minutes. If we can't give at least 15 minutes to God, we need to relook at our priorities. We need to take a serious audit of our life and what we actually believe is most important to us. Because if he's just getting the 15 minutes, we maybe remember once or twice a week. We don't have our priorities right, and it's not as important to us as we think. 
We're not trying to layer on more Christian busyness, right? I'm not trying to give you more Christian stuff to do. Simply trying to slow down, simplify our lives around what we most deeply desire, which is hopefully God. And what, not hopefully, it is God. What we all most deeply desire is God, whether you recognize that or not. The other things you feel you crave or desire or want more than him, when you go to sit down to pray and you're like, yeah, but I really would rather finish my show that I'm watching on Netflix instead, or I really would rather whatever, just go to sleep, hit the snooze, whatever it is. We're filling that desire for God with those other things instead. So challenge. This is a challenge. I've been thinking about this for months, and I have not gone public with it. I haven't even told Kyle about it. But something I'm wanting to challenge myself to do, and so I'm going to challenge you today, is this. Instead of saying, I don't have time, or I didn't have the time, say, I don't make time, or I didn't make the time. So I don't have time to read my Bible today. No, I didn't make time. Right? If it's only five minutes, if it's only reading a scripture, if it's only praying a scripture, sit with that. Let the Lord convict you. I'm not guilt tripping. This is something the Lord's convicted me on, and I feel to pass it on to you in this message here. It's not, I don't have time. So whenever you're tempted to say, I didn't have the time, it's no, I didn't make the time. Sometimes that's a good thing. You don't want to make time for certain things, right? And that's fine because you're making times for the things that matter. But be intentional with your time. Your time doesn't just happen to you. You have the same amount of time as anyone else. So let's give some of it to the Lord. Practice, we practice prayer to pursue God. Remember that we practice prayer to pursue God. Not only when you have free time or when you're feeling desperate. We practice prayer to pursue God. Number two today is talking with God. So number one was talking to God, right? So we're going to use these pre-made prayers. We've got things we want to say. We've got things we want to talk through. Next one is talking with God. So I have three examples of these. I'd love for you to write these three down. The first one is gratitude. The second one is lament. And the third one is petition or intercession. I'm going to come back to these. So number one is gratitude. Gratitude is a way we talk with God. We talk with God about what's good in our life and the world. So what's good today? The sun is out. Even though it's not melting the snow yet, the sun is out. What's good about today? For some reason, even though all three of my kids are sick and have been laying on me and coughing in my mouth, I am not sick. What's good about today? What are we grateful for? What's going good? And when we talk with God about those things, it is it, it is talking with God, whether you hear an audible voice back or not. It's talking with God about what's going good because we're sharing in those things with him. Next to gratitude, number two, a way to talk with God is lament. Lament. We don't talk about this one much in church anymore. It's not a fun one, but there is an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. It is all about lamenting. It was written by a guy named Jeremiah who was known as the weeping prophet. He just lamented all the time. So as gratitude is talk with God about what's good in your life, lament is talk with God about what's bad and just bear your soul to him. God, a lot of times it's God, why is this happening? I don't understand. Why is the world the way it is? Why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? I don't understand why I have to be going through this. Why, uh, when I feel like I've done the right things or I'm a good person or whatever and this is still happening, why? A lot of times it's just asking him the why questions and letting 
you two, you and God sit with it together in that. For a start at what a lament looks like, you can look at Psalm 10, Psalm 13, Psalm 22, Psalm 42, Psalm 74, and Psalm 77. Each one of these are laments. There's lots of laments in the Psalms. There's a whole book of lamentations written by a weeping prophet. <laughs> he wants us to share even what's, what's evil, what's bad, what's not going good in our life, and share that with him and open up, and he meets us there. So number one is gratitude, number two is lament, and number three is petition and intercession. Petition and intercession. Petition is what it sounds like when we think of petition. It's going to God and asking for something to change. Intercession is going to God on behalf of someone else or on behalf of a problem. It's asking God to fulfill his promises to overcome the evil with good. So yes, God, even though this evil is happening, I now come to you in prayer that you would overcome it with good so I have even more to meet with you in gratitude over. You see how these are flowing together? So we ask God to fulfill his promises, to bring his kingdom to earth, for his will to be done, to overcome evil with good. We practice prayer to pursue God, no matter the season of life, no matter the circumstance, in the good times, in the bad times, in the confusing times when we need something to change and when life is just right. We practice prayer to pursue God, no matter the season of life or the circumstance. So number one is talk to God. Number two is talk with God. And number three is listening to God. Number three is listening to God. We want to hear from God, but we're too busy talking to him a lot of times, right? Just like God, blah, 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 blah. Those are important. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to talk with him. But do we pause in the silence so we can hear him? We want to hear from God, but we're too busy talking to him, not even with him sometimes. So how can we hear? Or maybe we are more hungry if we thought we were more hungry for him or if we felt his presence or were used by him, but we're not even practicing these layers of prayer and communication with him. We think, you know, that if we could just be more hungry or be more called or be more passionate, but if we're not even practicing these layers of prayer, how are we going to get there? How are we going to feel the passion for God? How are we going to feel that spark of love for him and desire for him? John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So he says, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice, but it's, they listen. Once we listen to a voice long enough, we recognize it, right? And they follow me. Luke 10, 39 says, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. There's this song called The More I Seek You. It's like one of my go-to songs. I want to sit at your feet. I want to sit at your feet. Andy and Liz are singing it here for me. Dream from the cup in your hand. Lay back against you and breathe. Feel your heart beat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace. It's overwhelming. But that chorus... I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, experience all these wonderful things. 
I want to hear his heartbeat, right? Some of us have that. We want to be that close to God. But the verse right before it is, the more I seek you, the more I find you. And the more I find you, the more I know you. It's in prayer, it's in worship, it's in these dedicated times for him where we seek him, where we're pursuing prayer to pursue God. The more I seek you, the more I find you. Jeremiah 29, 13, we go to 11 a lot where it's this promise, right? I know the plans I have for you to never leave you or forsake you, to give you hope in the future. But a couple of verses after that says, when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. He's already done so much to come to us, and his presence is with us all the time. We now just have to stop and seek him. The more I seek you, the more I find you. Then the more I find you, the more I know you. And when we know him, we lay back against him. We hear his heartbeat. We're melting in peace. We have to practice these different layers of prayer to be able to get there. Different ways God speaks to us. Ultimately, it's through Jesus. He speaks to us through Jesus, and we have every right to go straight to Jesus and pray. We don't have to pray through other people. We can go straight to Jesus and pray. He also talks to us through Scripture. He inspired by the Holy Spirit the words of the Bible, and he talks to us through that. He also talks to us through circumstances. Maybe it's closed doors and opening doors are often what we talk about when we talk about circumstances. He talks to us through desire. What are the desires he's placed in our hearts? Do we know that those desires are from him? If they are, he speaks to us through those desires. What do we want? What are we good at? What are we naturally wanting and leaning in for? He talks to us through prophecy. This is talking through someone else to get a word to you. He talks to us through dreams. I have a friend right now. God is like showing up in her life in this huge way in dreams. Like he just told her basically to pack up and move across the country and uproot her life. And she's doing it and doesn't have a job necessarily. She has great job skills. She won't have a problem finding one, right? But she is doing it. She's preparing right now to uproot her life and move across the country because she was feeling this one certain way from God, like the Holy Spirit was speaking to her and she wasn't doing anything about it. She was like, well, you know, it doesn't really make sense. And then in a dream... This guy in the dream came up and pointed at her and said, what is it that you're not doing that God's told you to do? And she woke up a different than normal dream. It was, oh, this one really means something. Like there are, there are differences. I have crazy dreams all the time and I don't think every single dream is from God. But there are certain times you wake up like, oh. Then there's visions. Maybe it's in your waking time. You get this picture or this idea that God is just speaking to you or the still small voice we refer to it as when God is just speaking to you in a whisper. It's what my friend was feeling at first, the sense to move to this place. And God confirmed it through a dream later. But the sense that he gives us. And there's more ways. John Mark Comer says, learning to sift through all the voices in our head and to discern how God is speaking to us is a key task of discipleship, of becoming a follower of Jesus. But learning to hear is just the beginning. Listening to obey is an even greater risk. We want to listen to him in order to obey him. Like if I go to God in prayer and then I pause to listen, he tells me to uproot my life. Am I willing to say yes? Am I willing to say yes to that? Because are we going to listen and then not want to obey what he inspires us to do? Next is practice prayer to pursue God. We practice prayer to pursue God, to recognize his voice better than the rest. Number four today is being with God. So we got talk to God. Those are your liturgies or your pre-made prayers. Talk with God, your gratitude, lament, petitions, 
intercession. We've got uh, listen to God. And then finally, number four is be with God. As a general rule, you can gauge the intimacy of a relationship by how comfortable you are being together in silence. You know, if you're with someone and you feel like you have to talk and you have to feel the silence, you're probably not super comfortable with them yet. But if you're willing to just sit in silence together, there is a comfort level, there is an intimacy, there is a friendship there that goes beyond. John Mark Comer again, he says, the most ancient metaphor for this stage of prayer is marriage. There's a level of intimacy in marriage that is the intermingling of persons at the deepest level. It is wordless, yet it is a form of communication and more of communion. Followers of Jesus have long considered this sacred love to be a picture of union with God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, So all of us who have had that veil removed, veil like a bride, It used to be a veil. You could not see the bride's face and you didn't really know what she looked like, right? Until it lifted up. So we get the veil removed and we can see God for the first time for who he really is. Like, uh, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. We get this when we spend time with him when the veil is removed, when we're spending time with him so much, we literally reflect. There was a time Moses spoke face to face with God and he put a veil on. This was reference, This verse is referencing to the veil Moses put on his face because he was reflecting the glory of God in his face. His face was literally shining and in order for it not to freak people out or hurt them or whatever, he had to wear a veil. But with God, he was face to face without a veil. And when we can spend that time with God, not only are we face to face with him, but we begin to reflect his very likeness. So when we practice prayer now, we do it to encounter his presence later. Yes, you have access to his presence now, but when you practice prayer now, you can encounter his presence later. So we practice prayer today so that later when we really need it, Later, when he decides to show up in a big way, later, when we're going through the hard stuff, through the suffering, through the grief, through the meltdown, through the turmoil, through the wilderness, through the desert times, what we've invested in prayer now and just being with him helps us to encounter his presence even greater later. So again, if you haven't already, I would encourage you to start this first 15 idea now. It's a very practical way to ask those four questions And then do something like this where you do five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer, and five minutes in the Word. If you're wanting to know where to read, you can join us in our reading plan. Kyle might be able to throw in a link to our reading plan on there so you can join us in the Bible app. Or I'm sure other people have great ideas that they can throw in the chat right now about where they started in the Word of God or what they would encourage. Or you can start with one of these psalms we mentioned to help you pray. If you don't know what songs to get to worship, people can also throw in their favorite worship songs right now. Throw in your favorite worship songs. Download them on Spotify or wherever you listen to your music or YouTube. Pull them up. Listen to some worship. Get your heart set on God. And then spend these five minutes doing one of these layers of prayer and practicing it. Because if you don't pursue God in prayer, you'll stay stuck. You'll stay stuck where you're at. You feel like you want to get free. You feel like you have these dreams, but you're stifled and you can't get anywhere. You feel like you want the next level in your relationship with God, 
in your spirituality, in your self-growth, whatever. But if we don't go to God in prayer and pursue Him, you'll stay stuck. You'll never grow. You'll never get beyond. And eventually you'll move backwards. Because when something's not growing, when it's not moving forward, eventually it starts to roll backwards because we're always moving in one direction or another. So let's start pursuing Him today. Let's practice this together. I think you'll be able to get this online, but I want us to pray the Lord's Prayer together as a practice. So just say it with me. The words will be on the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you that all you want is to be with us face to face. And today, we just take some moments here to be with you, to listen to you, to talk with you. Jesus, we start in gratitude, even now where you're at. What are you grateful for? Lord, thank you for your work in my life. Thank you for your work in my family. Thank you for the provision that you have for us. Thank you for changing my mindset and my perspective to something healthier that's focused on you and that is surrounded on you. Thank you for the hunger that you've given for me, whether I feel it all the time or not. And then we can move into lament where, God, I don't understand why it didn't work out for us to meet together today. This equipment breaking down and going through different people and it's still not working and it's still not showing up. I don't, I don't get it why you want us to meet together, but it can't always happen. I don't get why so many people are going through hurt, why so many people are going through sickness, why so many people are losing loved ones right now. I don't get it, but God, I know that you say I can petition you, right? You say that I can go to you and I can ask that your will be done and your kingdom come in these lives, that even when people pass away, that we have a hope to see them again, to see you. We have a hope. We, ha we have this plan in front of us to be able to see you, to be able to experience life with you, that even when hard times are going on, we know that we become one with you in our suffering. And so God, I pray that anyone suffering, anyone going through a hard time, anyone going through confusion and doubt, that they would know that you work things out for the good when we love you and when we are called and living according to your purpose. So I pray right now that you would help us to be called and live according to your purpose whatever that looks like, that as we pursue you in prayer, that we do it with the purpose of partnering with you, believing that you've given us the purpose, that we seek you out to know our purpose, that we seek you out to join with you in purpose, that we seek you out to live out our purpose so that even through the suffering, we become one with you. We become close with you. We have this union with you, Jesus. I want to give everyone who's joining us online an opportunity like we do every single week. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, if you've been living out of relationship with him, maybe you took a vacation a long time ago and just never came back. If you want to make him the Lord of your life today, 
I would encourage you to just select that option that that um, there's a link, I believe, where you can fill out that you are meeting Jesus today, that you want to make this with him. Go Even select if you are willing to, that you want to request prayer. And that's just going to be something personal between you and the person praying with you. Whatever it is, we want you to start this relationship with him today. Let's start by, let's all just repeat this prayer together. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I know I make mistakes. I know I make mistakes. I know I haven't been living for you. I know I haven't been living for you. But today. But today. I give you my life. I give you my life. I ask forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. And I receive your forgiveness. And I receive your forgiveness. Be present in my life. Present in my life. Lead my life. Lead my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. I follow you today and forever after this. Follow you today and forever after this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.